Blog Talk Radio. to experience online healing retreats brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. These magical online gatherings give you valuable insights, exercises, and channeled information on the great shift of the ages. Visit AcousticHealth.com and click on Online Retreats or check out our retreat archive and download the recordings. Life-changing online retreats by AcousticHealth.com Welcome to another healing conversation brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and today we are talking about twin flames and what that means, even on an individual level with finding a twin flame in another physical body or reuniting with your twin flame within your own body. My guest today is Sakara Hartsong. She is the founder and teacher of the Hatha Temple School in Mount Shasta. Thank you so much for joining us today, Sakara. Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to be here. You are experiencing the divine union of your twin flame soulmate in physical body in this incarnation. What is a soulmate and how did you come to find your soulmate? Well, first of all, I'd like to share my experience of soulmate and the definition of soulmate that I currently understand. Now, soulmate can be your mother, your father, your sisters, husband, or wife. Soulmates can show up in the primary relationship that we have in our current lifetime and there is one that is a twin flame soulmate and a twin flame soulmate is a soul that at the original primordial axis at the beginning of the alpha and the omega the beginning of our soul essence that soul essence is the twin flame essence at the level of the universal law of oneness that one soul essence then splits again into a masculine form and a feminine form and as I took on the feminine form then there were many splits of that soul essence creating other souls which we would 
the term soulmate, soul family. And from the masculine split of the original twin flame, there would be that forward movement, expansion of life into new souls that would also be termed soulmate, soul family, soul group. So there are many soulmates. There is only one that is the twin flame essence. There's a definition between soulmate and twin flame. And soulmates are our mother, our father, our sisters and brothers. Soulmates are the primary people that we've chosen to marry or we've chosen to be in partnership with. So there are many levels of soulmates. There is only one twin flame. How did you find your twin flame? What began to happen in around 2007 is I began to be invited into Japan to speak on the ancient Maya. And what I began to realize through my tours in and out of Japan is that I was holding this eight dimensional energy field that was very Venetian and Hathorian. So I was, I was encompassed or embraced in this high energy field. It took me many years to understand that I was being held in, an, in a twin flame energy field of St. Germain and Portia, Sanat Kamara and Lady Nada, and Hathor and Horus. So this Trinitized twin flame energy. It was like a holographic field that I was always enveloped in whenever I would travel in and out of Japan. So, what also began to happen is I began to start teaching a lot about the twin flames that that hold higher councils of Christ consciousness for humanity here on earth. And as I began to continue to teach this, then I ended up actually taking a group of Japanese students. When I say students, I'm, I'm speaking all ages, you know, women and men of all ages, to Tikal, Guatemala. And what I experienced in Tikal, Guatemala, fully embodying that holographic field of twin flame of Hathor and Horus, of Dot Kamara and Lady Nada, and St. Germain and Portia. So no longer was it just being held around me like I'm held within that. I actually embodied it. And she called is one of the places on earth that holds the original template blueprint and code of the divine feminine, the divine masculine, that twin flame essence. There's two pyramids there, a masculine and a feminine pyramid, and they face each other. And there's 49 steps on these pyramids, which represent the 49 dimensions of 
consciousness that we all have the ability to access because each one of us has those in our chakra system. So my experience in the call was fully embodying this trinitized field of twin flame. What happened from there was a progression of teaching twin flame information to many, many souls here on Earth. And the unfoldment of a pure soul realization is that I had met my twin flame when I was 22 years old. He and I met in Seattle, Washington. And our union was pure bliss and rapture. Our, our passion and the, the, the love was like infinite, immortal, and eternal. It was so much bigger than we are at that age. So we didn't really know what to do with it. And so we were together through the 80s. And then as life unfolded, there was a series of events where we, we, we went different ways due to the inability to communicate what we felt. And what happened last Easter is I had an experience where his mother came to me energetically in Mount Shasta and said to me, I'm Delsa, I'm Marcus's mother, which I had met her in the 80s, and I have made my transition. And I went running into the house to open up my laptop computer, Google her name, and up comes her obituary. Wow. And in that, it talks all about Mark's brother and Mark's brother's family, and it all it says very simply is where Mark is living. So I'm covered with goosebumps, and I had been looking for him off and on a lot through the 20 years. I looked for him a lot. And I actually had written several letters to him, which after we came back together, then I, I did share those with him. But the, that moment of reading the obituary several times, it, it just came to me then his, put his name, Mark, his first and last name, Facebook, and there it came up on Facebook, and it, it was an instant knowing. And his, his mother, from that transition of being in a higher dimensional consciousness, she didn't really understand our relationship in the 80s. In that transition from the third and fourth dimension into a higher place of consciousness, she was then able to reunite Mark and I from a place of understanding the relationship more. So that was Easter last year, and Mark and I have been together since Easter last year now. And twin flame relationship nears Everything that is of current life and past life 
that is of duality or old soul missions that need to be released and cleared, like everything that needs to be deleted to return into a full state of oneness surfaces. So the passion, the passion is so deep and so pure that it, it like it purges these little slivers or the, you know, purges these pains and fears and little by little everything surfaces and is released. So it's very intense. And at the same time, it's it's very magnetic and very full, like there's a sense of fullness that out of all the people I've met in my lifetime, I only have this sense of fullness when I'm with him. And how is manifesting going when you're in this magnetic field? That is a great question. And we are really looking at how we manifested together in the 80s and how it's different now. And for us in the 80s, I always sustained my own living space and my own career, and and he did the same. And I traveled a lot internationally, and so did he. But there was always like an ebb and flow, but there was, there was never a total surrender into the relationship. There was never a total surrender into the oneness of the relationship. But what we have now, we we notice when we go to manifest and create something that we desire together, it seems that we all of the choices and the options and all of his past experiences and all of his like projection of what he thinks it should be surface. And the same for me. So all of my past, how I created it before, you know, all my projections of how I think it should be created, uh, it all surfaces and we find we find ourselves in this flow of we're kind of like will we'll bounce kind of back and forth in a general way. It, it's like almost like playing um, like badminton or playing a, a net game. Like mm-hmm. we kind of bat back and forth all the different things that we want or desire or how we want to manifest it. And then what we find is magically when there's a full alignment within his, heart and soul, his spirit, and his myself. And my alignment of my heart and soul, my spirit, and my Christ self, when that finally comes into this merging and union, things manifest so magically that we, we sometimes we sit for days just in awe of what we just manifested. Or... I don't know how else to say it, but it's like it's so much bigger than us. And the relationship feels so much bigger than us. And twin flames have, 
twin flame soulmates have the same spirit, so the essence of the heart and soul spirit and the Christ self are the same. Now, there's variations in the soul mission blueprints and templates. But when there's an alignment, it is so pure and so unconditional. It's, it's like a pure intention, a pure in alignment. Times two with a masculine and a feminine. Could that also be considered in divine unions or if people find themselves in marriages and maybe it's not their twin flame because it's not that passion you speak of, can it be nurtured into a divine union with another person? Very beautiful question. What we personally have experienced, because in that 20-year window that we were not physically present with each other, we both experienced other relationships. Mm -hmm. We would call them soulmates. Uh And what, what he experienced in that relationship is feeling like he was never enough. Feeling like he was never good enough. Like he could never give enough feeling like there was always something wrong and it was wrong with him. Okay. Now, I experienced the exact same feelings in the other relationship that I was in. That there was never, never quite enough. And so what you're saying is that when you guys got together, there was like a huge void that was filled. Yes. And I understand that now in the sense that if we were to say everyone has a twin flame, then that fullness of that original soul essence in oneness cannot be felt or fulfilled by, say, a soulmate that's split from me, you know, three, four generations away from me. Uh I can still have incredible love and caring for that soulmate. Mm -hmm. There's always a sense of separation. There's always a sense of, I mean, not quite that sense of oneness or fullness or passion. What's missing most is the passion that twin flames have for each other. There, There is a passion beyond human words, beyond human understanding. And that passion is so deep that there's this uncon- there's like this unconditional love and acceptance and there's a nurturing between each other, all of the human experiences and all of the human pain and suffering, there's a nurturing that comes in that twin flame relationship that it it just doesn't happen in the other soulmate relationship. If you think of your soulmate relationship with your mom, 
your soulmate relationship with your father or a soulmate relationship with partner. One, one way you, I might be able to describe is a lot of soulmate relationships will become really codependent. Mm-hmm. Or they deepen each other's wounds. It's like pouring salt into each other's wounds. And in a twin flame relationship, there is there is a healing through the universal laws of grace and through infinite love, mortal love, and eternal love. There's a healing that rises each other up into higher and higher levels of consciousness. Where that doesn't always happen with the other soulmate relationships. And we'll be back in just a moment to continue our conversation with Sakara Hartsong on Twin Flames. Please join us in this online healing retreat with Sakara Hartsong and the wisdom of the Hathers Cancel. This three-part session on the universal laws of light delivers ancient harmonic messages of Egypt, Lemuria, and the dolphins and whales as channeled by Sakara during a visit to Egypt. When I was in the king's chambers in ancient Egypt, I heard these words, and they were very haunting. I heard them over and over and over again. And the words I heard, Anahi Amaka, Amakahi Anahi Om. I said the words out loud inside the king's chambers. There was about 20 other people there. And two of the people were Egyptian tour guides. They came up to me after I said those words, and they asked me if I knew what I was saying. I told them I could tell them what I felt, and it was a pure connectedness into oneness, into the vastness of the totality of my being. They told me that what I was speaking was the ancient Egyptian script, the ancient Egyptian script, which Anahi Omaka, Omakahi, Anahi Om, is giving praise to the God of oneness, to all that is. And it's like calling us home into that vastness and that oneness. And it's calling home from the soul, from the heart. So Universal Laws of Light is a CD course where I will guide and assist you through the heart and the soul of your physical body into the heart and the soul of the Temple of Melchizedek, into the heart and soul essence of Ra, the ancient sun god, which is connected into the Earth Sun, it's a solar lodge connected into Cirrus B, and the solar lodges of Cirrus B, and connects all the way into Alcyon of the Pleiadian system, which is also a solar lodge. And in Universal Laws of Light, I will work a lot with the harmonic overtone messages from the dolphins and the whales. And those harmonic overtone messages will activate the sacred geometry in your cellular 
body, and that actually spins the sacred geometry clockwise in each cell in the body, and it heightens the vibration in the physical body, activating that Christ consciousness, the connection to the divine within the physical body into the higher dimensions of your consciousness. It also will connect you directly into Cirrus B, which is where the dolphins and the whales are from. These ancient harmonic messages are Egyptian, they're ancient Lemurian, and the way that the course also will unfold is I will be activating and opening the sacred sound current, which is from the inner ear of the right of the physical body. And the sacred sound current is what the dolphins and whales, when they swim through the earth seas up into the universal and galactic seas, these sacred sound currents are what the dolphins and whales travel through or travel on. These are harmonic currents that are connected into Christ consciousness. Register today for the Universal Laws of Light online healing retreat and receive an accompanying CD in MP3 format that contains harmonic dolphin and whale tones. Namaste. Welcome back to this healing conversation with Sakara Heart Song. Is everyone on this planet incarnation able to find a twin flame on the planet in this lifetime or maybe not? It's my current understanding that everything that we do, everything that we experience with all other soulmates, are the lessons that are propelling us, that's you know, moving us toward that twin flame relationship. So whether that happens this lifetime or next lifetime, every relationship is really valuable and important, and the lessons gleaned are valuable and important, mm-hmm. and every one of those is driving us toward that twin flame oneness relationship. It's a surrender into the oneness as well, and I just wonder if we can do that, maintaining relationships, you know, with our spouses. You're saying it evolves us into a twin flame, back to ourselves. Yes. All of the relationships are evolving the back into that original primordial essence. The universe is circular. Mm. The chakras of the human body system are circular. 
And our whole mission of different planetary systems and in the Earth system, everything is circular. There's an alpha and omega, a beginning and an ending. And within that, there's that sacred spiral. In the sacred spiral, the masculine energy within the Merkabic field that we each hold individually, that masculine energy has a sacred counterclockwise spiral that always is moving through our system. It also, and I would term that heaven to earth because that energy spirals down. The other energy fields, the feminine, that I term earth heaven, is always spiraling clockwise, and it comes up through the body. So within our system, we do have masculine and the feminine sacred spirals. So everything is circular and interconnected. The mastery is that there are there are those of us at this time, at this junction, which is so crucial on Earth. There are those of us that have come back together on Earth in physical form as twin flames because we are able to activate that passion of infinite love, mortal love, eternal love, and it literally shifts the collective consciousness. Where it's going to be an influence for the rest. It'll radiate out to rise up the rest into that that feeling of love as well. And it actually is opening every every heart and soul on earth. It actually has the ability to open all of those that are ready to embody the fifth dimension and live beyond duality consciousness. So let's talk about what's going on this year, not just this year. It's already going on. It's been going on. And what's going to happen as we move into the dimension? What is your idea or feeling of what that might be, and even in the next year or two years or more? I'm deeply blessed to be with my twin flame at this time. And I have traveled all over the world, and so has he. We both, and we both traveled, you know, individually with our careers. And one of the reasons I feel so deeply blessed is that with everything that is happening in the collective consciousness, with all of the third dimension linear structures the banking systems and, and the medical systems and with everything that is contracting and collapsing and dissolving mm-hmm. as those as that dimension will mm-hmm. I have the opportunity to touch into that deep passion. I have the opportunity to feel that infinite love, the immortal love and the eternal love. And I now also have had the life lessons 
where for a long time I valued the material world more than I valued this relationship. And I now value this relationship above and beyond anything in the material. And I do feel that this is part of what we're embracing as collective. We're embracing what is really valuable. And it is the relationship of that oneness. It is that relationship to the divine within ourselves and within humanity. And it, it is that sense of divine right cooperation, divine co-creation, where everyone knows their divine right place. And it, it's a pureness, a pure integrity from the heart and soul that's so beyond alter ego, so beyond duality consciousness. So this, this dissolving... I know everyone's feeling it, and people will choose to either expand in fear, or they'll choose to surrender and expand, you know, into the inner planes of them, themselves, into their soul and heart, and expand into that self-love, that self-compassion, that brings inner peace. There, there's nothing to hold on to now. And there really isn't any way to hold on in the sense of the third dimension is chakra one through seven in the physical body. Mm -hmm. And that third dimension has power over the belief systems or the structures in that is power over others. Then the fourth dimension is chakra 8 through 15 in the ethereal. And there still is some power over war programs in that aspect. When we go into the chakras of the fifth dimension, which is chakra 16 through 22 in the ethereal, above the heads of our physical body. That's where we begin to feel that divine cooperation, divine co-creation. That's where we begin to feel the infinite, immortal, eternal essence. That's the authentic self. That is our divine inheritance here on earth to bring that connection fully online in our physical bodies with our eyes wide open and to be part of assisting all souls in rising up. One of the challenges on that as far as all souls is we certainly are on a planet but there are souls from all the different planets. There are souls in many different levels of consciousness. 
and there are souls here that are very pure in the light and the desire of oneness, and yet there is an energy and a force of other souls but they don't want that. That's that's not their focus. Their focus is power over. So we feel that trouble war right now. We feel that push-pull. And even for myself, I work with it daily. I work with it all the time. You know, are my words and my actions standing life force? And I ask the Ascended Masters and the Councils of Light. I love working with the Seraphim Angels and the Archangels. And I ask all the time, show me how to move forward in a way that expands my heart and soul first. Therefore, expanding the heart and soul of my family. Therefore, expanding the heart and soul of the community and the world. That's win, win, win. And that is the power of grace. And it's on the most mundane things in life where we need to smooth out. Instead of reacting out of frustration or maybe anger, which is three-dimensional, then it would be to use words that come from a softer, higher dimension. I personally went through an experience last week where I felt such frustration. And the emotions that came up, and I stayed the observer. I think that's the first key. Mm-hmm. Whatever goes up, shift into the observer. So I observed the, the anger, the rage, the frustration, the disappointment, and I chose to go deeper and deeper into, okay, I'm feeling angry right now. Thank you, you know, thank you for the anger. I feel it. Mm-hmm. And and in this particular situation, no, I didn't. I did not outwardly express it. I chose to be with myself to feel it. And then I chose. Well, what's underneath that? And underneath the anger was rage. And then I'm like, thank you. And I chose to let myself feel it 100% and welcome it. And then I went deeper. What was underneath rage? disappointment and feeling that being the observer looking at it welcome it thank you and what's underneath that despair and I just kept going deeper and deeper and deeper everything everything right now is a mirror so to be the observer and to go deep within self, what am I learning? What is being mirrored to me? And once I embraced that, once I understood what I was feeling and and what it looked like, 
in this situation, what it looked like to me is that my twin flame partner would get these emails that had abuse in them, verbal abuse in them. And it challenged me that he would let people verbally abuse him and not stand up for himself. It frustrated me. Mm -hmm. I don't just stand up. So what I realized is he doesn't want to hurt anybody. So he doesn't stand up for himself. He doesn't say anything back because he doesn't want to hurt anybody. And in that, when he stays silent, silence that is like a secrecy, because then nobody knows the real truth of what he's feeling. So say there's three different people, and all three people have a different experience of him because he's so busy pleasing all three people and never really saying what he feels in his heart and soul. He doesn't want to hurt anybody. So for me to allow myself to be the observer, what is this teaching me about me? Ultimately, it has nothing to do with him. Mm-hmm. What, is it, what is it teaching me about me? And what I got to see is the whole cycle and pattern of victim and abuser that is here in the third and fourth dimension. When a person doesn't tell the full truth from the heart and soul to the other person, And they they become secret. In other words, the secret is they don't tell the truth because they don't want to hurt anybody. So it's, it's almost like it's almost like a lie. But they're not telling the truth. That energy becomes abusive to the other person in the relationship. So the secret. So like the secret, the lie, the energy then becomes abusive as it goes to the other person in the relationship. When that person receives it, they feel victimized because they can sense there's something missing or they can sense that the person doesn't, you know, doesn't really love them. They can sense the person doesn't really want to be there. But you see, the the reason that's all triggered is because he doesn't he doesn't want to hurt anybody. So as that person feels victimized, it triggers abuser in them. And so then that abusive energy comes back to him through email. Mm. What I got to see what I got to see is the whole pattern of victim abuser. And how I also, in other relationships, I was never able to tell the total truth of what I liked and didn't like, what I wanted and didn't want. I wasn't ever really able to say, I don't really love you as a mate. I love you as a friend. And I didn't want to hurt anybody. 
So I stayed in those relationships, and those relationships became abusive. It triggered the abuse pattern in the other person. Once I realized this mirroring me, I felt so free. I felt aspects of my heart chakra open that I had never opened this lifetime. And that's beauty of twin flame relationships. That aspects that we have never been able to heal, they surface and you, you get the insights, you see through them, and you're able to move into more and more of a state of oneness than ever before. So, so it was, any, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, in any given situation, in any given situation, being the master, being the observer, and taking the responsibility that it's a mere reflection of self. And once you fully understand that person is acting that way so that I can learn about myself. And when we shift it in ourselves, it shifts everybody. You were angry because you've been in that situation. So the healing of it would be from one, recognizing that, and do you feel that you'll have to go through that again, or is that healed? I really feel that in in Mark's presence, because he was with me through all the layers and levels of the emotion, and I was as honest and open as I was feeling them. I feel that I am off the cycle, out of the pattern of victim of abuser, that I completed it fully. And so that's what others of us are experiencing when we're going through these challenges. Maybe it's not as a deep level with a twin flame, but wouldn't you say that so many of us now are being put into positions where we need to do exactly what you say, stay the observer and go in and get to the bottom of it, of what the feelings are. And is that like going to almost a core wound that we have of not feeling good enough and then just healing it from there? Absolutely. The one other area that Mark and I both experience because we have the same Christ self and the same spirit and and also there's many lifetimes in many, many chakras of the higher dimensions of our consciousness that we hold simultaneously. We have experienced feelings like we're going to shatter like we are literally going to shatter or splinter. Really? And when when we surrender into the passion, it dissolves and expands and brings us into the oneness even more. 
my sense is part of what we're feeling is that original split or that original tearing of the soul energy essence, that original separation from self, Mm -hmm. from him, from me, and that sometimes, because now we're merging back into oneness, so sometimes that surfaces as we heal that that pain or we heal those feelings, those emotions of what it felt like to originally separate. Mm. And a lot of the collective consciousness, the souls that are that are focused on being light workers, that are focused on the fifth dimension, you know, souls that are here that that have, like, been here for eons and eons and eons, as we merge back into oneness, we feel this dying of our old soul mission. It actually feels like we're dying. And in two, three days into it or through it, then it's like a wave of the ocean and it's gone. We are feeling this dying of past soul missions as we merge back in the oneness at whatever level, whatever realm and dimension we're merging back into. Mm -hmm. So that splitting and tearing of that original separation, now we're merging back in through to oneness. So that can be felt. And it can feel really crazy. It can feel like a, you know, a major nervous breakdown is going to happen. And, and then there's somewhere it shifts to a breakthrough. And just by staying the observer, you're able to allow that breakthrough to come? That is what I've learned at this point. The highest and the best is to stay the observer. The other thing that I do that I have learned from the other twin flames is I have learned to call them in. <laughs> I call, I'll say out loud, when I'm feeling something and I feel like I'm going to shatter, I'll say out loud, you know, I ask Portia and St. Germain, Portia and St. Germain, Portia and St. Germain to anchor and connect and hold me in a twin flame holographic field of light because it's fully balanced in the masculine Christ and the feminine Christ. I'll ask for Hathor or Horus depending on what I'm feeling. A lot of times I ask for Snotkumara and Lady Nada. And when they come in, they put me in an eighth dimensional field of light where I just rise above all of the consciousness in the collective which we're all feeling the collective craziness where people don't know where to go or what to do or what's happening or how they're going to sustain themselves. They're, you know, the collective is so vulnerable and uncertain. So these are a few of the things I do to stabilize my field. 
One of the other things I really deeply love, and I love teaching it to people all over the world as I've traveled, is I ask the Divine Mother of pure will, the Divine Mother of infinite will, to anchor and connect. And I let that ethereal form of the Divine Mother come into my auric field, and then I ask her to connect the infinity golden loops from her ethereal body to my physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual body. Because her energy field is fifth dimensional and above. It's beyond duality. So when I need to be stabilized, those ethereal infinity golden loops, infinite love, the infinity golden loop, is such a high frequency, it will dissolve certain fourth dimensional duality. It's like a jumper cable between a Mercedes and a Volkswagen. So letting that pure infinite will, letting that pure will of the higher dimensions connect in, I can feel instantly like I raise up, like I stabilize. And then also many times I'll ask the Supreme Father, the Divine Father, Father of Imperial Will. Because once again, there's a masculine energy that's fully balanced. That masculine energy is fully balanced in the masculine feminine, just like when I say to the Divine Mother of Infinite Will, Pure Will, her field is fully balanced in masculine and feminine. So asking them to bring their ethereal body into the room, into my auric field, and please connect the infinity golden loops to my physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual body. And I can feel when it's happening because I have to take an in-breath into my body. The energy is so strong. And it helps stabilize me. It helps balance me. And it helps me rise above whatever I'm feeling in that moment that feels really crazy or feels really unstable or feels really confusing. And I do feel that that is one of the, the keys moving forward right now is that we really take responsibility take divine right action is to stabilize ourselves first in any situation or any crisis. It's kind of like being on the airplane and they say put your put your you know your oxygen mask on yourself first. But in any given situation, stabilizing ourselves first as soon as possible. And we I only can do that from accessing the higher dimensions. You know, to, to try to do it, accessing it linear, then we're accessing the duality and expanding the duality. In other words, yelling back or fighting back is amplifying that field. Mm-hmm. When we call in that higher guidance, when we connect, more than even calling it in, when we connect in, the chakras 
that are of the fifth dimension that are above our head, chakra 16 through 22, we are connecting into our Christ essence of our fifth dimensional aspect of consciousness. It's a simple choice in the moment. It's not linear. It's multidimensional. And that takes me to um, a topic that the Hathors did suggest that we talk about. And that is, we are galactic solar beings of light. We have a universal soul mission, a galactic soul mission, and an Earth soul mission. Now, there are souls that are born of Earth, and they're born in the lower third and fourth dimensional consciousness. They have never experienced infinite love, immortal love, eternal love. They've never experienced oneness, and yet they are divine in their soul. So I'm addressing those of us that are of higher dimensional consciousness from other planetary systems that have come here. We are galactic solar beings. There is a marquee diamond-shaped template, solar template, that is currently developing itself in the human body. It starts right at the top bridge of the nose between the eyes, and it moves right up over the baby soft spot at the top of the head, or what we would say is the opening to the pronic tube of light, and it connects in to the Ka template, which is this ethereal template that holds all of the DNA codes. It holds all of the soul mission of each individual. And the purpose of this solar template developing in each one of us here is as we move forward, we will be eating less and less food in the way that we now know. We will be living off light more and more and more. We are solar beings. The Earth sun is actually held by twin flame energy. The Earth sun is the outer radiance shown of the union of twin flame. It is a solar energy that is created and manifested from twin flame. So that solar energy, we then, we call it sometimes a solar lodge, the, the earth sun of the solar lodge, the alcyon of the Pleiadian system is also a sun or a solar lodge. In the Maya 2012, the Zolkin calendar system, we are always being impulsed from the core of the galactic center. The galactic center of the Milky Way also interfaces directly with the heart of Andromeda. So from the heart of Andromeda, 
that infinite energy comes down through Alcyon of the Pleiadian system. It comes down through into Venus, the heart of Venus, down into the heart of Cirrus B, where the dolphins and whales are from, through the Earth's sun and to our planet, Earth. And we are always being impulsed with that galactic core consciousness. It's all solar energy. But more and more, we are moving into fully embodying and developing our solar being presence and living off of light. And it's also through this solar energy field that connects us, that we're moving through into the higher states of consciousness. That is part of that Zolkin, that ancient Maya. When I was in Palenque, right before visiting Chikal, I had an experience in Palenque where this envelope of energy opened and expanded. And what the ancient Maya began to show me is that they ascended and they went forward in time. They are holding the doorway of the fifth dimension open for us so that we know we have a home. So we know with absolute knowing that we are not here to die in fear. We're not here to stay in the reincarnation cycle of birth and death. That we are here to fully rise up into the fifth dimension where it is immortal. It's our immortal essence, our immortal divine inheritance. So that is another aspect of what the Zolkin Maya calendar system is saying is that we are opening up to our immortality, that solar galactic being presence on earth in these bodies. And the, the, the dying off, as some say, oh, it's, we're in end times, that the dying off, that is the third and fourth dimensional aspect of consciousness, this linear that is dissolving. I prefer using the word dissolving. We are moving into paradise timeline. We currently have 49 dimensions of consciousness. It even proves that at Tikal, in the masculine-feminine pyramids of Tikal, with the 49 steps. And we are moving into a time where we have 55 dimensions of consciousness. And those new aspects of consciousness are paradise timelines that are coming in. One of the timelines is the opal ray, which... I have been very blessed to be given that information from Snot Kamara and the Councils of Light Athena. 
And I've been very blessed to teach that many, many souls on earth. We also, and with that opal ray, we have opal ray children that will be coming in. And opal ray children are beings of that pure, radiant, what we'd say they fully embody their twin flame. They hold it in one body, in one form. There is no duality. They've never experienced duality. They hold infinite love, immortal love, eternal love. And the other aspect that they hold is the spectrum of light. They hold all the different color rays of light. So when you think of the rainbow, they hold all of those rays, and they have a deep connection into all of the chohans of those rays. So these children have started to come in. These paradise timelines are very similar for some of us. We have lived on a planet called Maldak. Now, Maldak was also in the core, in the heart, crystalline core. It was held by twin flames. The, the twin flame union literally birthed consciousness. And we all are moving toward our twin flame. We all, at some point through our mission, will come back together in that relationship of divine right relationship. Interesting that you say that there are children coming in that have that twin flame embodied in themselves. I'm wondering if you've heard of stories where, and you mentioned the sacred site, so this is interesting. There was an experience at a sacred site in Peru. This gal had a merging or a blending of the masculine and the feminine within her body. Have you heard anything of that? Can you explain more on what that could be? Well, let's take a deep breath here. Okay. <laughs> because there is such a thing as merging in timelines. There is such a thing where on one timeline, one can hold a physical form. And on another timeline, parallel, they can hold a feminine form. And is this timeline like a parallel life? Yes. And this is what I sense for her. That when she went back into Peru, because of the codes, templates, and blueprints that Peru holds, and because of that original connection to that original soul planetary system, that she's from, which connects into Peru. She was able then to merge her feminine aspect of a parallel life with her masculine aspect of a parallel life so that she no longer had a parallel life. She merged and it came in the union at that time. Little different than twin flames. Could it be birthing? as well? It absolutely is birthing. And if 
you if you think of two cars, if you think of two cars, you know, like at a Y at the intersection. Mm-hmm. And when those two cars both go to the middle of the intersection at the same time, well, rather than crashing, they merge and blend into one and create one whole new vehicle, one mm-hmm. whole new design. Because you have all the wisdom and the experiences that the, the masculine form on a, on a parallel timeline and all the wisdom and the experiences of the female form. And as that Y in the road, those two forms came together into the center of the Y in the road, it merged and created a whole new vehicle. It took on, it took on like a whole uplifting, a whole new activation of mission. Mm-hmm. For some people, for some people, it can be a real crisis, and for some people, it can be pure bliss. And my my sense for her is, it it was more bliss. It was more. She was really, really ready. She had spent a lot of lifetimes in in this parallel journey. That's just amazing. Some people listening may be new to this topic, so there's lots to listen to. We're getting to the end of our conversation, but I'd like you to tell us how you began to awaken to this work and this reality. I have realized that I'm deeply blessed that I came in on my dharma this lifetime. And I had an experience at age seven in northern Idaho where the body fell down a rock quarry. And in that fall, the soul that was in the body left. Okay. And I I came in. A walk-in. And um. I certainly took on all of that soul's karma. I took on completing everything with the mother and the father of that soul embodiment. It certainly had a lot of pain and a lot of separation. The family that originally birthed this embodiment, deeply immersed in codependence, abuse, uneducated, and yet the mother of that family was really where the connection was me. And the mother of that family, her soul was from Sirius from the the planet of the dolphin and whale. Mm -hmm. And the experiences of never fitting in, the experiences of never feeling like I belong, not being wanted, 
all of those, I I had to rise up through all of those through this lifetime. The one gift is that when I came into physical body, the clairaudience, clairvoyance, and the clairsentience were fully activated. And at first, I used all of those abilities for survival, to survive that family situation and dynamics, to survive that programming, that hologram. And as I matured through life, and I always traveled early on, I've traveled the planet effortlessly from a very young age. And I've found myself in many, many sacred sites all over the planet this lifetime. What I've begun to realize is that very highly advanced souls, such as yours, you also chose to bring the light into the darkest of darkest areas on earth because the light in you is so strong it would literally pull up and out all of those souls from that dense programming it would literally you know like like a magnet your soul your light brings them to the light and it's the very same for me, and it's the very same for many advanced souls here on this planet. That is our mission primarily, especially as golden children. Because we have the golden children, the rainbow children, the indigo children, crystal children, the opal children. Each have a variance in their mission. And for us, we're the golden children. We brought those aspects of here. Christ's light in our hearts and souls was such a knowing that we could go into the darkest, darkest part of earth, of consciousness, of humanity, and we would always be okay. We would always be taken care of. Mm. I think about crowds. I do not like crowds, and I think that goes back to Lemuria when we lost that influence of love and we were pulled downward into the to the muck and, and this 3D world and behaviors. It makes so much more sense when we hear the word Lemuria rising that that's precisely what we're doing here now and so many light workers and so many people here, even those that are waking up, are here to bring in more of this light and to bring it back to that Lemurian mentality of that fifth dimension. Would you agree? I would absolutely agree. And I was on an airplane flying home from a nine-week tour through Japan when the seat next to my left side was left empty, and I laughed because I knew what I was in store for for the rest of the flight. You know, I knew the Ascendant Masters were showing up. You got to watch the the Pacific Ocean with Lemuria under it, the whole flight. Right. The whole flight. And what they began to show me is that Mount Fuji holds the codes 
templates and the blueprints of heaven to earth. The energy spirals from the heart of earth up through Mount Fuji into the higher dimension. Now, Shasta holds the codes, templates, and blueprints of heaven to earth. Oh, did I say that correctly? Did I say Mount Fuji, earth to heaven? Yes, so Mount Fuji is earth to heaven. I think you said heaven to earth, so it's earth to heaven, and Mount Shasta is heaven to earth. Correct. And what they began to show me is the Merkabic field that we each hold around our physical human system, there is a Merkabic field that is from Mount Fuji Mount Shasta, and in the center of that Merkabic field where it overlays, where the masculine triangle overlays with the feminine triangle, so the, the feminine triangle would come from Mount Fuji on onto just the other side of the Hawaiian Islands, and then the masculine triangle would be from Mount Shasta going toward Mount Fuji onto the other side of the Hawaiian Islands. And in that center where it overlays, they showed me that that is the heart of Lemuria. Wow. And that the merging of the ancient Lemurian codes, templates, and blueprints with the new Lemurian codes, templates, and blueprints is part of the reason that I have flown back and forth between Mount Fuji and Mount Shasta over and over and over for like the last seven years, since 2007. And that not only myself, but many other spiritual teachers from Mount Shasta. And there's a huge inflow of people from Japan that have been coming and going from Mount Shasta. So there's this whole activation and merging of that ancient Lemuria rising. It's actually very beautiful when I can draw it out and you can actually see it, you know, on on paper. Mm-hmm. And it's it's definitely it's definitely one of those where your heart your heart opens in a whole new way to the hope and beyond hope, to the knowing, the knowing that it is so, the knowing that that is why we're here. We are here to activate those paradise timelines through that merging of that original Lemurian template. Okay, we've got some work to do, and we are doing it, and so many are doing it, including yourself. You're dedicating your life to this, and that is extraordinary. And I want to thank you for that. I just have one curious question that I think others might have as well. Did you remember the moment of your walk-in, or did that come later? I had an experience where the whole family had a family reunion, and I was not invited. Oh. It was so deeply painful when I found out This was as you were an adult? This is yes, I was I was a 
approximately about 30, I'm going to say I was about 36, 37 years old when this happened. Now, I walked in around the age seven. Mm-hmm. This was when I was about 36, 37 years old. Okay. And I was standing in the kitchen of a condominium in Bellevue, Washington, and I had this beautiful poster of Kuan Yin on the wall and a beautiful poster of Crete. And in the depth of feeling that pain of not being wanted and not being included, I heard Kuan Yin say to me, do you remember the rock quarry? Wow. And literally she talked me through the whole experience to a place of knowing that I am the daughter of the divine. I am the daughter of, you know, actually heart song, the last name, was given to me by St. Germain. He said to me in 1990, you are my daughter, you are my heart song. So that experience of 1990 and that experience of then, you know, standing in the kitchen with Kuan Yin, hearing her say to me and reminding me the whole journey of that fall in the rock quarry, it allowed me to detach and be at peace. And they also said to me, you chose to come in to a family that would leave you alone so you could do your dharma. Mm-hmm. So and then I, mm-hmm. with that understanding, I was able to continue to walk forward and focus on my spiritual work. And so now your spiritual work is your Hawthor's Temple at Mount Shasta. Before we close, tell us a little bit about that. And your website is sakaraheartsong.com. The name Sakara, Sakara, Sak is the descending harmonics of Christ consciousness. Ka, the Christ self, and Ra has to do with the ancient Ra, the sun god, or Ra is also the solar energy, the solar rays that I spoke of earlier. And Heart Song then was given to me by Saint Germain. And the Hathor Temple has to do with the teachings of the Hathors that are based on love and harmonics, love and sound. And it is the assisting of humanity to embody their Christ essence through the physical body. So I work directly with the heart and soul and through the cellular physical body, which bypasses the mind and all of the archives and the teachings are those that assist the soul in rising up to their authentic self, to their divine inheritance, to rising up to their highest potential of embodying the fifth dimensional essence in their current physical body and detaching from the reincarnation 
of birth and death and birth and death and knowing that we can embody that highest potential right now here today. We can be in a body that lives for hundreds of years. Absolutely, I'm ready. Well, thank you so much, Takara. This has been a wonderful conversation. Every day ask be shown how to expand your heart and soul first. To be shown how to move forward in that expansion of life force that therefore expands the heart and soul of your family, your community, and the world. So we will radiate this to the world and lift the world up with us. Thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. I deeply, deeply love sharing what I have experienced, and I deeply love assisting anyone in being a self-governing master and rising up through into that light and into that totality to have the opportunity to fully be this lifetime. And thank you, too, for listening to this Healing Conversation Summer Series of 2012. Please like our Facebook page and be sure to share this program with your friends and family so we can get this important information out to the rest of the world. I now leave you with music from the universe, literally created by the universe, as computer music researcher Phil Windsor assigned musical notes to mathematical equations. And the result is this beautiful music available at AcousticHealth.com.
Please join us in this online healing retreat with Sakara Heartsong and the wisdom of the Hathers Cancel. This three-part session on the universal laws of light delivers ancient harmonic messages of Egypt, Lemuria, and the dolphins and whales as channeled by Sakara during a visit to Egypt. I was in the king's chambers in ancient Egypt. I heard these words, and they were very haunting. I heard them over and over and over again. And the words I heard, Anahi Amaka, Amakahi Anahi Om. I said the words out loud inside the king's chambers. There was about 20 other people there, and two of the people were Egyptian tour guides. They came up to me after I said those words, and they asked me if I knew what I was saying. I told them I could tell them what I felt, and it was a pure connectedness into oneness, into the vastness of the totality of my being. They told me that what I was speaking was the ancient Egyptian script, the ancient Egyptian script, which Anahi Omaka, Omakahi Anahi Om, is giving praise to the God of oneness, to all that is. And it's like calling us home into that vastness and that oneness. And it's calling home from the soul, from the heart. So Universal Laws of Light is a CD course where I will guide and assist you through the heart and the soul of your physical body into the heart and the soul of the Temple of Melchizedek, into the heart and soul essence of Ra, the ancient sun god, which is connected into the Earth Sun, it's a solar lodge, connected into Cirrus B, and the solar lodges of Cirrus B, and connects all the way into Alcyon of the Pleiadian system, which is also a solar lodge. And in Universal Laws of Light, I will work a lot with the harmonic overtone messages from the dolphins and the whales. And those harmonic overtone messages will activate the sacred geometry in your cellular body. And that actually spins the sacred geometry clockwise in each cell in the body. And it heightens the vibration in the physical body, activating that Christ consciousness, the connection to the divine within the physical body into the higher dimensions of your consciousness. It also will connect you directly into Cirrus B, which is where the dolphins and the whales are from. These ancient harmonic messages are Egyptian, they're ancient Lemurian, and the way that the course also will unfold is I will be activating and opening the sacred sound current, which is from the inner ear of the right of the physical body. And the sacred sound current is what the dolphins and whales, when they swim through the earth seas up into the universal and galactic seas, 
seas. These sacred sound currents are what the dolphins and whales travel through or travel on. These are harmonic currents that are connected into Christ consciousness. Sakara explains solar lodges and how they are connected to our physical bodies. In the ancient Egyptian alchemy, Ra, the sun god, was known as a solar lord, S-O-L-A-R. And the solar lords are the beings of light that actually hold that wisdom, they hold that knowledge, and they hold it in physical body on earth. They are the alchemists of that particular aspect of the divine puzzle piece. Now the solar lodge, the earth sun, many of you have heard about the flower of life and the infinity golden loops. When you look into a flower of life, you'll see that it's full of hundreds and hundreds of infinity loops. A solar lodge is infinity, golden infinity loops radiating the essence of infinite love. Infinite love is such a high frequency, it dissolves the third and fourth dimensional consciousness, it dissolves linear consciousness. And the solar lord, solar lodge energies are energies that feed in through the third chakra of our physical body, in through our power center, our solar plexus. So for many, many years, that has been the main connection in our human body, the solar plexus to the solar lodges, solar ray, frequencies of infinite love. We are also advancing, and many of us have been developing a Marquise solar template from the back of the bridge of the nose, and it's in a diamond shape, and it moves all the way to the back of the head to the ethereal cod template. Now that Marquise solar template also connects directly into the solar ray energies of the Earth Sun, of Alcyon. These solar ray Marquise templates are being developed in our bodies because as we look throughout history, we have had all of the Egyptian temples built and overthrown. We've had these structures that have create, been created to hold these higher frequencies of our connection into Christ consciousness, our connection into our divine source. And these structures have all been overthrown from the Mayan pyramids. You know, throughout history, we can see over and over where these structures have been built and set in a very specific grid, and then there's been an energy and a force that's come in and taken them over. So the marquee solar template is being developed in our bodies as we speak so that we have that individual connection back into source and that all humanity will have it, and it's not in a building that one, you know, one source can come in and take over. It's in each one of us individually 
to be standing as a self-governing master in that connection to our divinity. And it is based on the frequency of infinite love. Register today for the Universal Laws of Light online healing retreat and receive an accompanying CD in MP3 format that contains harmonic dolphin and whale tones. Namaste. Namaste. 